You're listening to The Life of a Cheerleading Coach. I'm your host, Marley Sievers, with five years of high school coaching experience, seven years of experience as a choreographer and head instructor for the National Cheerleaders Association, and over a decade in the cheerleading industry. Join me as we navigate through the world of high school coaching together. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by the Cheer Coach Planner. Are you ready to replace your bulky coach binder? If so, then you should check out the Cheer Coach Planner. Designed specifically for cheerleading coaches, the Cheer Coach Planner helps you to simplify the administrative side of coaching through the use of planning and organization. Inside, you'll find over 250 pages, including 12 undated monthly calendars, daily life and practice planners, a team section full of forms to help you keep track of everything specific to your team, like rosters, absences, and athlete profiles, and a season section full of forms to help you keep track of everything related to your season, like tryouts, fundraising, game days, pep rallies, and competitions. With a physical planner, digital planner options, and new planners for your captains, you're bound to find an option that works for you. Check them out at cheercoachplanner.com or visit the link in my show notes. The Cheer Coach Planner, your season, your plan. with coach Kenya Davenport, who's the current head coach at Westlake High School in Utah. You'd reached out to me because you had realized that we shared a connection through Hillcrest, which is where I currently coach in Idaho. You had coached there from 2008 to 2017. Tell the listeners more about your experience with cheerleading and coaching. Yeah. First of all, I do want to thank you for having me on, especially I'm not a coach with many accolades. I'm just a big fan of your podcast and you. So I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And I felt like a really strong connection to you already because of some of our similar coaching styles and just kind of the things like your journey through cheer is very similar to mine. And also just like not liking confrontation, like, you know, having social anxiety, like relate so, so hard. So yeah, I just like when I found that out, it was just such an awesome discovery. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So thank you again for having me on here. And my journey with cheer, I kind of stumbled into it. I in fourth grade, I joined a tumbling gym. And one of the classes was like, you could cheer for like grid kid football for fifth grade, not affiliated to any school, but just random fifth grade teams throughout the county. And I liked it. Okay. And then in middle school, I was like my best friends really wanted to join the cheerleading team. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to try it out, which is not like typical middle schooler mentality, but not a normal way to join cheerleading. But I quickly blossomed, like my love for it blossomed over the years in my high school. I was very passionate about it and I took it very seriously and I loved cheering at Hillcrest. But yeah, from there, I, I cheered all the way through my senior year. I was captain and I, after I graduated, I got the awesome opportunity to start assisting JV. And I really appreciate my coach for like believing in me to give me that opportunity because it is hard when you're, when you start right, when you're cheering with those girls and then you all of a sudden, and you're in charge of them and they're like mm. like there's just a lot of like boundary testing and like yeah you have to really fight for like respect so it was challenging but it was worth it and it was really helped me develop my coaching skills and then so I was with them on and off throughout from 2008 to 2017 while I did college and you know I always was a part of it in some way and then the last four years before I moved to Utah I was heavily involved in like a lot with competition I was there all the time and and then when I moved I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to find something in the like coaching position again 
especially in a brand new state because I'd grown up in Idaho. I'd never been anywhere else. And so I just kind of threw my resume out there and I was lucky enough to get a position at an awesome high school here. And that experience in itself was so like eye-opening, like culture shock, like going from an Idaho cheer team to Utah. And there's just like major differences. And it was, it was great. I learned so, so much like during that first year and just kind of like navigating how different like the styles are. And I mean, we could talk a lot more about like the score sheets. I'm sure Idaho and Utah are so different, like the competition area, but um, yeah, I learned so much that year. And, and I also like, I also started my family. So I felt like I had to take a step back to, you know, be with my family for a couple years. And then I missed it. <laughs> like it was such a, again, a large part of my identity and to not have it for a while was just, you know, it, I, I felt it. It was, it was really hard. And so I threw my resume back out there again when I felt ready and, and here I am at Westlake. So yeah, it's, it's been a crazy journey and I'm really grateful that I've been able to continue it even like upon moving. So yeah. That's amazing. It's it's crazy to hear how similar our backgrounds are, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like cheering for your old high school, coaching for your old high school. Like, I know you had mentioned that it was a kind of a challenge coaching the girls that you cheered with, but yeah, like obviously that's a struggle and a hurdle that some people have to get over. Right. But- and it really develops like leadership style. So that's really cool. For sure. And it helped me with my assistant coaches now, like giving them more opportunity, being an assistant for so long. Like I know what, like, especially a young assistant, like you got to believe in them and like given those opportunities to develop as well, like their coaching skills. So you don't want to like cut anybody short just because, you know, they're young or, you know, like they, I feel like there's lots of opportunity to grow as a coach with when you have like early or like when you start young. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you what some of your favorite traditions were when you cheered at and coached at Hillcrest, like, and see if we had any of the same things or oh, yeah. like any new things that we could bring back. Um, well, I, I think our school songs are still similar, like the choreography, which t- to me is like precious. Like the school song is like, you know, a very staple tradition. And so I love that, like, the motions are still somewhat similar and stuff, and just based off what I've seen on <laughs> your socials. But um, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been in high school. But our our school, like, our crowd was just really awesome. Like, we had the most spirited, like, student section ever. And at that time, I was called, like, the Hillcrest Crazies, not, <laughs> not the Legion or whatever. But it, I, yeah. I really love the tradition. I think I mentioned later, like, there's the traditions of having like a real rivalry between schools. That's not something there is in Utah, like civil war and emotion bowl. And like, I feel like that as a high schooler, that's so fun. Like the intensity, like you look forward to those games all season long. So those kind of traditions, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's more, but like that specifically, I, I really miss. And I love that about Hillcrest is just those, those fun school rivalries and like going all out for homecoming. Like it's just, yeah, it's just really special. Yeah, it is super special. And like, that's something that I'm new to because I wasn't used to the rivalries, the Civil War games, stuff like that coming from a different state as well. So I think it's a really cool environment and really like spirited community. Yeah. Like everybody there is here for Hillcrest. Right. Love it. What are the key skills to have when you're working as a coach? Oh, I'd say having confidence because teenagers can smell fear on you. And it's like, (laughs) 
if you don't know what you're doing or if you don't go into something like with confidence, then it's very easy to lose their trust and like their buy-in. Clear communication skills like with parents and kids and just being able to reach everybody on their level and being consistent. And I struggle with all three. <laughs> I, I know what it is I need to do, but sometimes I still struggle with those those things. Gosh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about coaching? I think the emotional development that I get to witness over like the course of four years, seeing some like kids from freshmen when they try out to like their senior year is it's such a huge leap of like maturity. And I think it's just awesome that as coaches, we get to be like up in front and center and watching that and helping that transition and like being in high school is such a special time because you're just like on the cusp of adulthood and I think that's like the best time to like help them like develop those like foundational like adult skills and yeah I just am so grateful that I always get I get to be a witness to that what's the best experience that you've had as a coach I'd say so last year at our nationals we went to USA Spirit Nationals and we did not have the outcome that we wanted and a large part of that was due to a lot of elements that were like out of our control and so it was disappointing but my kids grieved it and then they picked themselves back up and were like they had this drive and fire to like all right but can't wait get to get back to work for next year and I was just so impressed by that because, you know, in life that happens, sometimes you don't get the things that you want or, you know, sometimes you just can't control situations. And I think being able to like have those like coping skills, just like, okay, moving on is so like important. And that just really was like, a, like I felt like a win for me. And even my returners that or my seniors that were not going to be returners, like they didn't walk away from the end of the year. Of feeling like, oh, what a waste. Like they were, they still recognized what they've learned throughout the whole program. And I, I just feel like I couldn't ask for anything more is like them being able to process like the grief of it and then be okay and ready to move on, but still be grateful for the experience that they went through. Yeah. I think that's a testament to your coaching that they have that level of resiliency and drive to keep going. That's awesome. Thank you. What do you think has been your most challenging experience as a coach? That would be all of last year. <laughs> so so last year, I, I was hired at Westlake originally as an assistant JV coach. And I was just kind of dipping my toes back in the water to see if I could handle being like a cheer coach and a mom at the same time. And then by August or maybe into end of July, the head coach had got an awesome opportunity and had to take a step back from coaching. And she offered me the position. And I was honestly really hesitant to take it because I know very well what it takes to be a head coach and like what goes into it. And I wasn't sure of my capabilities being a mom for the first time while coaching and new state, new school. Like I just wasn't sure like what I was going to be able to like handle like on my plate. And so I, I think most assistants would like jump on it, but yeah, I just kind of was like a little bit hesitant, but I like made the commitment to it. And even though it was also a little bit out of my comfort zone because I had been assisting JV, I've been teaching JV skills, you know, I like was at a certain level that I was comfortable with. And then to jump into like a six, a co-ed like, you know, school and like just a huge leap for me even. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was prepared. And when like opportunities like that are like kind of like thrown at you, like, kind of like, I don't like to go into anything without like a major game plan. And I felt like I didn't have a lot of prep. So 
I kind of, I had a lot of support from my husband and my family and even the previous coaches. So that was really the only way that was like, I was able to be like, okay, I can do this. And, but it was a week before homecoming. So I was in the eye of the storm. That's like homecoming is the busiest time, you know, and then right around the corner is competition. I had to like register for all these competitions and get choreography and learn my faculty, how to schedule a bus, how to, so many different elements that again, I'm well aware of, and I was able to take on the challenge, but when they're thrown all at you at once, it was very overwhelming and kind of just felt like, go, go, go. And so I kind of felt like I haven't stopped running since last August. (laughs) It was just busy, 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 but it's been like, it's been really personal development for me and proved that I could do really hard things. So I'm grateful for the experience, even if sometimes I want to pull my hair out. (laughs) So yeah, I just didn't really have a detailed game plan in it, but I'm kind of developing that still as I'm like into my second year, almost, yeah, it's almost over. We're almost getting into the third year. So it's, I'm still learning and everything is trial and error. So to me, that was just the biggest challenge is I'm trying to gain the trust of these new parents that have no idea who I am and the kids too. Like I had only been with Westlake a few months before I had taken over. So yeah, it was just a lot of new, new, new and being able to roll with the punches and just learning things fast. So that was a huge challenge all as a whole. Yeah. I feel like if you can get through that, you can get through it. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think you can attribute to success in coaching? I'd say genuinely caring for your athletes and being able to pinpoint what drives each of them and how I think tapping into their needs because they can all be so different. And so at the beginning of the year, for my own sake, just so I could get to know them because I hadn't seen or I hadn't watched them to, you know, some of the older ones grow through the program. I just really had to get to know them. And I did a Google form fill out like with things on their like shirt sizes and like things like that. But also like, how do you learn best? And what do you want your coach to know? And how do you prefer constructive feedback? So when I'm sometimes struggling throughout the year being like, how do I connect to this kid? Or like, how do I I can look back on how they answered and they're really very vulnerable. They're really honest with their answers, which I just appreciated. And so it helps me be like, okay, so so so-and-so needs a hug or so-and-so needs tough love and just wants to run. Like it just kind of depends. And they, they're so, their answers varied so much, but it was very helpful to me and my other coaches to be able to like refer to that. Oh, you know, sometimes they don't like being called out when they're, you know, when we're cleaning or things like that have been really helpful to me to make sure that they, I'm really meeting the needs of all of them. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's still, you know, but I try very hard to like connect with them on a personal level to where they're at. That's such a great idea. And like, how valuable would that be throughout the season to go back and refer to you? That's awesome. How do you motivate your athletes? I think that's difficult because I really feel like they should be able to like motivate themselves. But again, I think the most I can do is create an atmosphere, like a positive atmosphere and Like I always tell them, like, I can't want it bad enough for you. I can't want it more than you. And so they really, I just want to like guide them to the right mindset to get motivated so they can dig down deep and want it for themselves because they can't want it for me. They can't want it for their, you know, their peers. They have to really want like whatever it is. I'm kind of in competition mode right now. So that's what I'm kind of referring to is like, you know, if we want to, you know, hit zero, like you have to do your job, things like that. I think I have to lead by example as well. Like not complaining. I don't want to be at 5 a.m. practice, but I don't verbalize that or just making sure we're not letting like negativity creep in. And yeah, like I remain positive and I don't give up on them. I treat them how I want them to treat themselves. So things like that. (laughs) I love that. 
What do you feel is the best piece of advice that you've been given? That there's power in being vulnerable. I think I really do feel strongly that like showing emotions is not like weak and it really opens you up to like empathy and being able to own mistakes and just being true to who you are to your core. And I'm a big Renee Brown fan. <laughs> so well, I feel like I I that really resonates with me because I'm a very emotional person. I cry all the time before they go into like the nap <laughs> for competition. I'm so proud of them. I'm always just like, uh-huh. like my emotions are always on high, but I don't feel like it makes me weak as a coach. It, I I want to knit them to know that I care so strongly. So yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's kind of just starting their coaching career? Don't try to be somebody that you're not. I think don't try to emulate a coach that where what you think a good coach is, because I think there's it's like there's leadership, there's different personalities in all sorts of leadership. So it's like as long as you're true to you who you are and you have like good intentions, then that makes you a good leader. So like you don't want to be like barking orders because you think that's what like you know good coaches do or being intimidating. I think you just really have to embrace who you are as a person and like have the that bleed out into your coaching style. I feel like that's a hard lesson to learn. Like over the first few years, I've had to kind of shift my coaching style. Yeah. So that this isn't, this doesn't relate to who I am. For sure. You know, and it's hard because you think that it's supposed to be like a certain way or whatever. But I, right. I found that like I've been with lots of different coaches and I've seen all the different styles and they've all had success. So you just kind of right. have to like find what your groove is. Yeah. What lessons do you hope that some of your former athletes have received during their time in your program? Just that there's so much more that you can gain out of like being in a cheer program outside of like your physical skills. There's more to winning competitions and like hitting stunts. I I think being able to learn how to like manage stress in a healthy way and again, coping skills, like when things are hard and like beyond your control, being able to communicate with so many different types of personalities because you have to do that in the workforce. I always feel like everything, everything you learn in team sports, it can really be applied to how you are as an adult. And I think really, you know, helps you a lot along the way, gives you a good foundation. I really just love what you gain out of high school cheer. Calling all cheer coaches, podcast fans, and supporters. This podcast has merch. You heard that right. Don't know what to get your assistant as a gift for this season? Well, grab a cheer coach beanie. Want to stay cozy at practice? Rep the cheer coach sweatshirt. Not only do I sell merch on my website, I also have some awesome coaching resources for sale on there as well. Some of these items include jump drills, motion drills, tryout score sheets, and stunt progressions lists. Head over to marleysievers.com shop. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y. S-I-E-V-E-R-S dot com slash S-H-O-P or head over to the link in my show notes. What has been your greatest achievement either as an athlete or as a coach? I think as an athlete, I think making captain my senior year, it really kind of helped develop my coaching skills just because I had to be like, you know, in a leadership role, like it helped develop that really early. And I just gained, I think I'm, I'm just really proud of like the relationships, like as an athlete that I built, I'm still friends with my stunt group. I've really developed, like, I love like the relationships, the friendships that, that really can be lasting. Like, you know, I'm in my thirties. <laughs> so like, I, I'm really glad that I still have those relationships and as a coach I'd say just getting through that last year as head coach yeah. I think most people outside of the cheer world like some of my friends with regular jobs like don't really understand 
what kind of like intimidating and huge task it is to be responsible for so many <laughs> teenagers for the whole year. It's not even just a small season, it's year to year. So I think just learning there's you wear so many hats you had to figure out how to be an accountant a counselor and like like so being a mom to a toddler like like all in one season I'm just grateful that I had that opportunity and that I made it through in one piece <laughs> it's kind of funny when you try to explain it to somebody that's not in the involved in cheerleading yeah. or coaching and it's like you wait you work with these girls for 10 months out of the year and you see them every day and like yeah yeah it's your it's life <laughs> it's my whole life <laughs> So what's cheerleading in Utah like? Like What routines do you have? How many do you have? How does it vary from Idaho? I'm excited to talk about this because I'm so curious to see what like Idaho is like now competition. So in Utah, this is the very first year that we're a sanctioned sport. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. I love that we're acknowledged as a sport, but at the same time, it puts us in new territory and there's so much new information and rules that we need to abide by. Like we've always like viewed cheer as a sport, obviously, but like now that the state recognizes it, it puts on a lot of, it's a different, there's new territory for sure. So trying to like learn that as well has been kind of challenging or abiding by the new rules. So I guess, and I don't think cheer was sanctioned when I was in Idaho. I'm fairly positive it wasn't, but so for our regions and state competitions, we compete in a show routine, a sideline timeout dance, a sideline timeout cheer and the fight song. So those are all completely mm-hmm. different categories than I ever had when going or competing in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And you can place in them individually, but you have to qualify in all four to be like an overall state championship. And it's also divided by yeah. divided by divisions, your 6A, 4A, 5A, but also co-ed. So there can be like a co-ed champion and a and an all-girl champion as well. So I think in Idaho, when I was there, there was Palm and there was Show. But I don't mm-hmm. think there was any, there wasn't a, like a game day cheer or um, like, especially when I was, when I was cheering for our competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm like kind of unfamiliar. I'm curious to know, like, what do you guys compete in now? We, so we have the show routine, we have Palm and they do have a game day, like it's called sideline cheer. Mm-hmm. So just a minute long cheer. And then we also have stunt group division. Like you could have one or two stunt groups compete, but when you get to districts, you only get one. Oh Yeah. So there's that, like, honestly, coming from, I'm from Colorado and going into Idaho was kind of a culture shock. Yeah. So like, we only had one routine in Colorado. Yeah. (laughs) Having four Mm -hmm. or it's just crazy. So it's kind of cool that Utah's similar in having multiple routines that you guys compete in. Frustrating. Um, Do you guys, (laughs) so many choreography, like so much, like how do you divide the practice? Like I still struggle with that because it's just, it's just a lot. I end up spending a lot more time on our show routine when I know our other routines need more like attention too. It's just hard. Yeah. Do you like one aspect of one state more than the other? Like, or do you feel like, I don't know if I, I I definitely feel like in Utah, it's heavily populated. There's, way more high schools in the county as compared to like Southeast Idaho alone. So like there is a lot, the competition is fierce, but there's also yeah. like awesome opportunity. Cause I feel like there's lots of, I think the difference too, there's a lot of like all-star gyms, like prominent all-star gyms in Utah that feed mm-hmm. into the high schools. And so we got high school teams that like, 
the kids have won worlds already. <laughs> like, like it's very competitive. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that cheer is like really big here and like mm-hmm. respected. And like, you just kind of like are born into it almost like, but in Idaho in the time, I'm sure it's changed now, but like there weren't any all-star gyms when I was in high school. Like everybody kind of started from scratch. Like you started in middle mm-hmm. school or grid kid, but like, I think, I think there's more now, but I think that helps mm-hmm. to grow like your feeder programs help so much with your high school like where you're at level wise because yeah it's changed so much since I was like just the development between or like how cheer has evolved since I was in high school like it's just crazy but yeah competition like I feel like in Utah there is just a lot of competition but a lot of opportunities for like kids to get into cheer and so I think I love I love that but I also kind of miss like the small town aspect of like knowing every single school <laughs> like who everybody is type thing so yeah there's that that's just yeah. a major difference I've found because there's like I said no we don't have a rivalry we don't have a civil war and emotion bowl and sometimes I miss that yeah you had mentioned like the evolution of cheer and like every year that I coach the girls are exceeding anything that I was able to do in high school like yeah I guess beyond athleticism, what, like, how else has cheer changed in your perspective? I think it's interesting. Like sometimes like on a superficial level, I see like there's trends, like, like what, like how girls wear their hair or whatever. I even think there's a difference in style as far as like Idaho at my time, it was like high bun, but like a end of your bow like front of your head type thing and then Utah it's like very different it's like slick back low ponies like middle part like those kinds of things I think are always like interesting but I think like yeah aside from skills I just think it's changed as far as like how people how serious people take the sport now and like it's you know I think it's there's still a long way to go but it's more respected than when I was in cheer and I feel like there's been a lot of growth in that and a lot more parent support for like what you're doing and like you know I'm, I'm sure it just varies from school but I, I really feel like it's grown in that sense yeah absolutely how would you describe your team culture and why do you think it's important for athletes to buy into the culture? So when I came into Westlake, I, a lot of the kids had said they, they don't feel like they get respect from their peers or like, you know, they, they don't get taken seriously by their administration. And I think now that we're sanctioned, that's going to change a lot too. But I feel like they, they wanted to be perceived different and, than they had been. And and I think it's common that cheer never gets like the respect it deserves, but um, they all the kids also have to really like behave in a way that warrants respect. So my culture is like I want the kids in my program to be like respectful or respectable and emphasize with like that they just need to like take what they do seriously for their peers to take them seriously. So I think that comes down a lot for like like your peers is they see you on the sidelines and if you're goofing off and talking and like you're not paying attention to plays I think that is so like that says a lot like and even the parents of the athletes that you're cheering for see that and then like they can quickly lose respect so the way they present themselves is so important in my team culture because if they want that respect, they have to like be professional in what they do and really take what they do seriously. So I don't allow them to talk that much on, on the sideline. If they're not watching the game or if they miss a play and they're like giggling, like, it's, you know, can't, can't happen. And 
obviously follow the rules, no jewelry, gum, things like that, which Mm -hmm. is such a weird thing because I get pushback on that a lot. But it's like rules, jewelry and gum is something that I'm always like trying to fight. I'm like, this is for your safety. So, Uh but so things like that, like I'm, I'm really like neurotic about making sure everybody is presentable at their best all the time. Cause I, I do uh-huh. feel like it's going to help those little details. Like when we go to competitions, like they need to like be respectful, like move out of the way for like be self-aware and like let teams through organize their backpacks neatly and like make sure that they never leave anywhere. Like everything's cleaner than where we left it. Like the bus, like I just want my kids to like have a really like strong sense of self and be respectable and like respect others. And so I feel like those kind of little things go a long way. Like they'll make a big impact on your program. And so, yeah, yeah just, just being aware of their duties at all time. Cause it's, it's hard job. They're cheerleaders all the time whether you're at this grocery store you know in your community like at home like they just really have to like I, I want to make sure that they are respectable and yeah love what they do but take it serious yeah gosh that's I mean that's a good lesson to teach them though is they're representing cheer all the time and I think that's a good one you had mentioned that you came back to coaching after COVID right about 2021-ish mm-hmm. How do you feel the atmosphere has altered as far as like parents, athletes, other things? This is interesting because I have so many theories and I'd love to know if like other coaches dealt with the same things that I'm kind of like dealing with. Uh I just feel like athletes like have had a lot a difficult time adjusting to structure because there wasn't any for so long and Mm -hmm. due to the pandemic. And in 2021, I'd get like a lot of pushback for like attendance rules and um, the amount of practice hours we put in because it wasn't anybody's normal. Like there was that gap year where like things were kind of like there, there just wasn't any like structure to like team sports. And so like getting back into that has been a process. I think just, yeah, transitioning back into normalcy, like, I I don't think anybody really knows how to navigate it well yet. And in school, there was like a lot of leeway given, especially with like grades and attendance. So like, I feel like I couldn't stay consistent with my, you know, my expectations because there wasn't like, understandably so, but there wasn't a lot of backing for like the rules that I had set in place just due to the, the like COVID rules. And so, yeah, I think I also think the pandemic hit everybody's mental health hard. And so I, especially like in our teens, I just, I like, I've worked closely with the counselors at my high school because I was really concerned about some of the behaviors I've seen in my athletes. And Mm -hmm. I just hadn't witnessed that in prior years of coaching. So I just, like, I feel that nobody really has the coping tools, like with like the unfamiliar state our world was in for a while, like even adults, like it's just, it was just a hard time. So like, I find myself being way more in tune to their mental health too, than I ever have been. And that I even like, I didn't even know what mental health was when I was a high schooler. So it's just a different (laughs) world for sure. But, and as for parents, I feel like some are also really aware of like the fragility of their kids, uh, like mental health. And so they try to protect them more. And in some instances, they're they're, like quicker to uh, like not hold them accountable for their behaviors, which uh, again, makes establishing structure like really hard in the program sometimes if you don't have parent backing. So yeah, I don't really know what the solution is or if there's like a right or wrong to it. It's just like how we reacted to this aftermath. And yeah, it just, I just know that it changed the way that I coach like prior to COVID yeah. like drastically. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like, I feel like I'm leaning more towards the mindset kind of practices and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Like they see they're struggling with their mindset, then let's meditate. Let's take a deep breath and 
way more in tune to that than I ever was as an athlete or as a coach before that. Totally. So I agree that that's taken a toll on them. And then, yeah, structure wise, like holding them accountable. Yeah, they hadn't had that for so long. So I feel like learning that is a challenge and a hurdle that they need to overcome. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's just however, I don't know, it's a learning process. Yeah, I'm hoping it gets better as we get back into normal life. But yeah. It was difficult for a while. For a while. So you had taken some time away from coaching to start your family. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Now that you've returned, like how do you balance cheer with family life and what challenges have you faced while trying to do that? Coaching with a kid versus coaching in your 20s with more free time uh, is so different. So, so different. And so that's been a, a huge challenge. And I'm finding it hard to balance, honestly, right now. But... Like the pros are my daughter loves the cheerleaders and the cheerleaders love my daughter. They're so sweet to her. She's like built some really awesome like relationships with them. And um, even in the faculty at Westlake, because we live at the school. (laughs) So on the other hand, like she's built those relationships because she has to be at everything all the time. Um, We don't have any family Mm -hmm. here. They're still in Idaho, actually. So it's just me and my husband. So we don't have a lot of like resources. So I do tend to have to bring her to a lot of things, which is never anything that I had like ever planned on. Like if I thought of my future self as a coach, I'm like, I'm never bringing kids, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And she, for the most part, like she's, she's very good at staying in the bleachers and not being a distraction. Like she knows she can't be on the mat when the kids are working. So I've like really created some uh, clear boundaries for her. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I feel a lot of mom guilt because I hate bringing her to high school like for four hours at a time. Like there's a lot of times where I have to like pull her out of bed at 5 a.m., put her in a little wagon so she can sleep <laughs> until like 9.30. And it's just, yeah. I just, I don't want her to have to like be, <laughs> spend most of her childhood in high school. But, and, it, and at times too, like I also find it difficult. It's not fair to have my attention pulled in practice to my, you know, my kid, but then also to my cheerleaders, like it's very hard to split the time. So I do my best, but I also have some really awesome assistants that know when to step in when I'm doing momming stuff (laughs) and like they, they can get the ball rolling and, you know, keep practice moving. They're very good and attuned to like when like I need some help. And so, and my husband too, he's a huge sport. He comes in like, you know, when he's not working, he does, he like is a great cheer husband. He like, he comes and helps wherever he can. And like, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, bring her to competitions all day. So I'm really grateful for that. I think it just comes down to having a really strong support system and like understanding my kids know that I care about them and like, they're my priority when I'm in cheer, but they also know that sometimes like, you know, I also have a family that I have to like, like, I feel like the, the balance is okay. It's not ideal for how I want to be as a head coach, but like, again, I was kind of thrown into this. so I wasn't prepared for it yet. So we're just kind of dealing with like the hurdles as they come. But and so far, it's worked out. And um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for the patience that my assistant coaches have, my husband has and my kids have. Yeah, it's I mean, there's tremendous value in having a support network. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've got definitely you know, your husband, your coaches to help out. Definitely. The last question I have for you is what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Kind of ties back into just really loving seeing the development that the kids have. And you just, you know, you, they're your family. Like you're, you get so close with them. You watch them grow. They feel like you're, they're your kids. So I just have like a strong, I just, I love the relationships that are built even like outside of the the athletes. I have such awesome relationships with like my faculty. Like I'm really close to the drill coach and like the, the relationships that I've built 
in my school too, like with my admin, like I just, I, I love everything about it. They're so supportive. Like I just, yeah, I love the sense of community that cheer has brought me and I do it for like, I think the relationships that's, that's definitely my why is because I just care so much about the people that I'm surrounded with. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Kenya, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Do you have any, of course, do you have any other like questions, things that you wanted to bring up? No, let's just hang out when I go to Idaho. (laughs) I'd I'd love to meet you in real life. If you like in town. For sure. I don't know if you'll. I come to Idaho every year. Yeah, I I come to Idaho pretty often just because my family is all still there. So yeah, I'd love to hit you up and, you know, have more cheer chat (laughs) outside of the podcast. Let's grab coffee or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. I love that. Where can people connect with you? I'd say my team's Instagram, Westlake High Cheer. Not my personal, it's not that fun. <laughs> but my, yeah, my, my <laughs> team's Instagram. Oh, oh that's like something too that I wanted to just touch on a little bit. Like having the, yeah. the Instagrams for the teams in this day and age is so helpful. Like we've really built yeah. a strong following. And I think that's helped. Like we've had colleges reach out for our kids and like, you know, want to recruit. And I like didn't even realize how strong of a resource that was. So yeah, just a little tidbit. Yeah, follow our Instagram. That's awesome. great okay thank you for tuning in to this episode of the life of a cheerleading coach visit the link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter get access to our coaching community the cheer closet and links to resources that you can use for your team this season don't forget to follow the life of a cheerleading coach on instagram and facebook and be sure to click the listener support button on my anchor page love the show go leave a review on apple podcasts To be featured in the next episode, use the link in my show notes to leave me a voice message. Thanks again for listening and go make a difference.